0: Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Thriller Podcast. How are you doing this week, Mike?
1: Chris, I'm doing great because right in front of me, I got a copy of Deadfall by Brad Thor, Code Red by Vince Lynn Kyle Mills, All the Sinners Bleed by S.A. Cosby. I think I have a lineup of the top three books I'm going to read this year, sitting right out on my desk. Can't Ooh, get much better.
0: That's that's intriguing to think about. Top three, top three books. You know, that's something we haven't done since starting the pod is like doing a ranking of everything we read during the year. I guess mainly because we have been focusing on you know these two series, but now that we're diving into other things, it'd be interesting. And, you know, in, in all of our copious amounts of free time, read other books. Yeah, that'd be interesting to, uh, to do that. And maybe, maybe we'll save that for a pot at the end of the year. But yes, I'm excited today to talk about All the Sinners Bleed. I'm excited next week to talk about Deadfall. I'm excited, excited next month to talk about Kyle Mills' last book. It brings a tear to my eye. In the meantime, we're also going to cover Kyle Mills' Old book fates. We we have a jam packed. Luckily, I have a twelve day road trip planned where I'm going to get a lot of reading done. Yeah, it's 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 fun times here on the throw of the podcast.
1: Really is. I mean, it's it was so exciting putting this list together. It sounds a little daunting. I I put quite a few books between now and the end of 2023, but it's going to be a blast. They there were some big names there. We're sprinkling in Andrews and Wilson. Ward Larson, a good old friend of the podcast. And today, I think Sean Cosby, S.A. Cosby, was one of our very early authors when we started doing the author series on the Mitrap podcast because that book, Black Top Wasteland, blew us away. Very good book. It was, I think, Sean's first like book that went mainstream. I know he published another one or maybe even two before that. But that one put him on the map. And man, when he followed that up with Razorblade Tears last year, and now all the sinners bleed this year, he is just established as a name in, I would say, all of literature and fiction. He's just a novelist who touches on, his books are crime, mystery, they're thriller, they're action, but the settings that he's taking us to are so rooted in his life, his background, and rooted in the sense of... Americana in, in in the way he sees it. And it's a really compelling read, very different than anything we cover on the podcast, yet so vital, so important for for the American consciousness right now.
0: Yeah, you know, he got, got a shout out by a couple times by president former President Obama. And he's, you know, constantly getting on these end of the year book lists. I know Razor Blade Tears, as well as um Blacktop Wasteland. Very highly regarded. We didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to read Raise Away Tears. You you did read it. And we, we that, because I didn't have a chance to read it, we didn't, haven't covered it on the pod yet. You know, it'd be interested to go back and, and check that out. And then there, we, there's another book that both escaped both, both of our eyes. Uh, what's his uh, third book?
1: Well, it was his, uh, it was a first one. And let's see what it was. Because it came out before Blacktop Wasteland. My Darkest Prayer.
0: Oh, that came actually before uh, Blacktop Wasteland. Okay.
1: Right, that came out in 2018, Blacktop Wasteland 2020. So yeah, that was a much earlier book. And like I said, I, it didn't get as much traction as Blacktop Wasteland, but I think a lot of people, like we should, went back to it as, after realizing how good of an author Sean is.
0: Definitely, definitely. So what do you say? What's, uh, do you want to get into his latest one, 2023 release, All the Sinners Bleed? Dude, absolutely. Let me give you the synopsis. Uh, this is from... A scribe, a black sheriff, a serial killer, a small town ready to combust. Titus Crown is the first black sheriff in the history of Charon County, Virginia. In recent decades, Quiet Charon has had only two murders. But after years of working as an FBI agent, Titus knows better than anyone that while his hometown might seem like the land of moonshine, cornbread, and honeysuckle, secrets always fester under the surface. Then a year to the day after Titus's election, a schoolteacher is killed by a former student and that student is fatally shot by Titus's deputies. As Titus investigates the shooting, he unearths terrible crimes and a serial killer who has been hiding in plain sight, haunting the dirt lanes and woodland clearings of Chern. With the killer's possible connections to a local church and the town's harrowing history at weighing on him, Titus projects confidence about choosing the, closing the case while concealing a painful secret from his own past and at the same time, he also has to contend with a far-right group that wants to hold a parade in celebration of the town's Confederate history. Chary is is home and his heart, but where faith and violence meet, there will be reckoning. Ooh, I like that. Where faith and violence meet, there will be reckoning. Oh, there will be a reckoning. This whole book. I should put that as uh, the, the ending. And, and as always... There will be reckoning. There will be a
1: reckoning. Dude, the same way that line packs a punch, there's so many kind of either short, pithy lines like that that are enveloped in meaning, or there are other descriptions steeped in classical literature. Like it's amazing how well educated Sean is, and that comes through in his writing, but he puts that into Titus's language the same way Titus is correcting some of the pastors. Or, right uh, on yeah, their right. knowledge of scripture. Can, he can quote
0: the Bible yeah, he, yeah, better he can than quote
1: the Bible. He can even call out people who are you know cherry picking and using quotes out of context, and then even just the name, this Sharon County or Charon County makes you think of Charon, uh, you know the you know the, the ferryman of the dead across the river Styx in Greek mythology, and that's essentially what Titus is saying. He's coming back into the county and just encountering death and. Uh, crime and corruption and and sin you know all the sinners bleed it's almost like is he Karen is he carrying people across the river these souls who knows back and forth from the underworld to the underworld as the sheriff what's his role right and there's a lot of death with the morgue and everything right right it's just amazing how how many references there are to classical literature and even Dante I, I think at one of the killings maybe when he finds all the kids under the willow tree dude that's just insane how their bodies are mangled up and eaten up into the roots who who grew and grappled around their dead corpses and it's either there or one of the other killings where he enters into it and thinks abandon hope all ye who enter here you know from dante uh going down into in, into the circles of hell it's just the amount of references to scripture to literature He's just insane and sprinkled throughout this book in really, really intelligent ways. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Where do you begin besides Titus motherfucking crown? Like this guy is such a great character, not just a thriller character, not just a sheriff, you know, in a police detective kind of story, mystery novel. But I think in just American fiction. I mean I couldn't help but read this book and think this could be required reading material. I, I think that's the level of craft and importance that this book is, is putting out there into the universe. It, it really does so many things well, not just the very prescient political, social you know, zeitgeist of the times, but also just tells a really, really compelling story. So if not taught in like general English language arts curricula, very much in like a college intro to writing class – just to break down his characters, his setting, his plot, his pacing, his action scenes, his family dynamics, like everything is in this book.
0: I was interested to see if there was going to be any pushback to this novel in terms of, you know, the political landscape that he doesn't shy away from it. And he, he, it's it's not like, I don't want to say beat you over the head with it, but it's you know, it's definitely a part of the story. And I think it's, you know, obviously something we should be talking about coming out of 2020, um, George Floyd. And so, you know, I feel like this now three years removed from that situation, it's like Im- important to you know comment on that and everything he brings up, you know, I've, I've seen, <laughs> uh, you know, living in, you know, it's interesting to read his stuff, both razor blade or black wasteland and this novel and, you know, growing up around, in and around, the Richmond area. I I grew up in Fredericksburg. Well, I grew up in Northern Virginia, but like my, my grandparents and my parents grew up in Fredericksburg, Stafford area. I grew up vacationing for months at a time, you know, in in a camp, in a camper, uh, at Virginia beach. And all of my, my grandma's cousins are, are from the Chesapeake area. So, you know, everything that he's describing, uh, in the landscape, as well as in the people I've seen, you know, and and some of this, you know, the Christian ways. I, you know, Titus Titus plays it straight. He plays it like it is. I would love to see this as a movie miniseries. You know, it, it rang, it reminded me of like, uh, what's that? Criminal Minds. You know, like, like but I, sorry, I'm, I'm going all over the place. But to get back to, I like the way he interwove both a a commentary. On the state of the times, and, and, as well as the past, while also giving us a banging mystery, you know, the, there's a, like a few things I want to pick. I want to know if you, you 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 picked them too. But besides that, the, the story holds up pretty well. It, it's interesting, gripping, uh, ma- page turner. Like I I crush this audiobook more so yes. than some of the, you know, some of the other political thrillers. Like there, at times I feel like. When we read some of these, they're not like super suspenseful. They're not like – they're action and they're interesting. I want to see how it goes. But this one is way more the, – the last novel I devoured like this was uh, Gone Girl. Like I read that first before the the movie and like it just right. – You know, I wanted to know – I had to know what was going on. And so the same thing goes for All the Sinners Bleed hundred percent. And
1: I think because you mentioned crushing the Audiobook, which I did too, I didn't want to stop this one. I listened to it almost continuously through, I think in like three sessions, because you don't want to stop it. And that's a credit to Adam Lazar White. Ooh, he narrated. very good. Yeah, he narrated all three of these books so far. And the way he can... Transform the story and make the characters come alive is just insane. And you combine that with Sean's writing, which we said from the very beginning when we covered Blacktop Wasteland, it's almost poetry, the way he could set a scene and paint a picture. I I feel like words on a page to him is like an artist with a paintbrush on a canvas. He's like the Bob Ross. He's painting it so vividly and with incredible language. And then to have a narrator as good as Adam Lazar White to bring it alive from the page to an audio format, there's just two masters at work here doing that, right? Like two true craftsmen, artisans, uh, professionals, and it it really, really is a treat. I would say this is one of – for something so freaking deep and it kind of hurts your soul and it really – it tears the fabric uh, you know, it, it's it, scary it, at
0: times. Yeah,
1: right. It, the social fabric is totally torn up and, and presented to us front and center. But at the same time, it's so delightful to hear it explained in this way. Which brings me to a a big point I want to bring up today. I think like you mentioned, a lot of people may see this as too aggressive of a political or social commentary, if you will, from the author's perspective. And I think In a lot of books, whether it's Brad Thor that we're reading or Jack Carr, you and I have called that out, right? And so we have called out when an author is a little too heavy-handed imposing their own, whether it's political, philosophical, social, economic worldview, into the book. And it's done in a way that almost takes you out of the story. It, It breaks that verisimilitude. I would say that does not happen here because of a few really smart moves. One is that we stay with Titus Crown, the protagonist, nearly the entire book. I felt as if everything we saw and felt as the reader was through his eyes, which means we're also seeing the internal struggles that he's going through. So when you're discussing tearing down a Confederate monument, which has a very, very uh, powerful ending. Or whether you're commenting on a white nationalist rally interrupting the fall festival, this, this town celebration. Whether you're talking about the racially charged perspectives of the murders and Mr. Spearman, right? Yet the fact that we're seeing it through Titus's eyes makes it palatable in the sense of I'm sure the author is telling you his perspective. But it doesn't feel heavy handed because it's the character's perspective as well. You don't have to break that or force it into them because I buy hook, line and sinker. Titus is the most genuine, honest person when he has an opinion that was formed with ration, rationale, with reason, with history, with experience. And everything we're seeing is his own background. Similarly, that's not just all the racial stuff, but I would even say his spiritual
0: struggles. Mm a real it, it, powerful it also this book is also a commentary on spiritual life as well.
1: Right, but the fact that we're seeing that through Titus's eyes with what he's had to deal with and still is dealing with and all the doubt, right? He he's over and over is is criticizing everyone he runs into who tries to offer a spiritual uh perspective on these murders and this tragedy. He's so He's he's not he's anti receptive. He will not receive any of it willingly. But then at the end, you know, he he really feels his mother's spirit. She he she really resonates with him, and so almost this whole book is him going on a journey to try to find that and uncover that after resisting it so much based on the the hard reality of life. I really like seeing all of these issues through Titus's eyes.
0: Definitely. Like And the only time we're ever pulled away from him is when we see a new body, right? We mm-hmm. we go and meet up with someone who inevitably is going to run into a body or, or someone who is going to get killed. And that was interesting to be t- sort of taken away from the main timeline and sort of like peek a little bit behind, you know, either the killer's eyes or, you know, what's going on with, with the killer. Yeah, and at the beginning of this book, just... The first chapter like just gripped me like uh talking about this fictional, which yeah, I, I did my research, and this Charon county is is a fictional county in Virginia, but again, I will say that everything that he's talking about is, is like pulling from whether or not it's a, a one specific county or or you know the general area down in the Chesapeake or you know sort of right near Pecosse in Yorktown. Uh, right where the Rappahannock and New York and the Chesapeake Bay all meet, you know, he's, he's got it nailed, you know, locked on, you know, some of these stories that he brings up, I think by making a a fictitious County allows him to pull multiple stories from like that are real stories from like other counties or even, you know, come up with some whole cloth on his own to develop this County as a character. You know, he kicks off by saying that, Sharon County is cursed. It's, it's, it's a place of death. <laughs> uh, and it goes through cycles. And we're, we've been in a long period of, of happiness and we're about to, you know, go back into, or, you know, at least stasis. I guess not happiness, but like stasis, you know, non-death. And now we're about to go into this period of death. And then we, we immediately kick it off by going right into this school shoot, you know, this active shooter. I, I had no idea what this book was about. You told me, like, oh. we should read it. And then, you know, we, we kick right into that. I'm like, what? Okay, what's going on? And then, like, you could tell that something was up with Latrell. L- L- Latrell. You could tell that something something's not right here. And immediately, like, when he's talking about the angels and, and you know, check his phone, I knew we were in store for, like, some, some sort of mystery. That, that, you know, something was bad on that phone. Something was going to happen we were going to find out did not know it was going to take this whole turn of like essentially a serial serial killer plot and that, you know, this guy has been killing kids for years. Uh, you know, this, this triumvirate of awful people have been killing kids for years. Yeah. And then we just go on this wild ride, uh, you know, from one crime scene to the next it's, it's, it's nonstop. Yeah.
1: You're right about that opening scene. It it was one of those, Jaw dropping, pause whatever you're doing moments, and and really listen to this scene. Like y- you are forced once it begins, and he gets that radio call, that frantic message to to report to the high school for uh, that there's an active shooter. The second that report came in, I, I I like froze. I I don't know if it's just me, you know, being a teacher every day. It felt so real. Things that I've thought about, you know, my my my. My daily uh, commute, like different emergency scenarios, what would I do here? What, what, what am I going to encounter today? I, I couldn't believe how visceral my reaction was listening to that scene. And not to mention, it's overlaid with all the police violence we've had in America and police shootings. And now we've got Titus, a, a member of the community, voted in by the community to clean up the corruption to make change, as much as he would like to heal wounds and divides and establish, you know, trust again in his in his force and his team, he knows the community is going to be walking on eggshells. They have to be walking on eggshells with the community because it's so split. And he encounters Luttrell, a boy who he basically saw grow up from childhood. Calvin, Luttrell's father, was one of his best friends his close friends in high school, he played football together. He said he was there for Luttrell's little brothers. You know, he was the fifth person to hold them in the hospital room when he was born. It's like, he really has a personal connection to this kid. And that's what policing should look like. Members of the community who know the families who, when something's going on can maybe cool things down. And he's really making progress talking to Luttrell. And we, as the audience are only hearing angel of death and, He's, he's even speaking in Aramaic, right? And Titus right. picks up on that when everyone else says, you know, he was a Muslim terrorist because he was screaming Arabic phrases. No, like Titus is educated enough with it and he he's tuned into what's going on. He's not making snap judgments. Meanwhile, the other two cops on his force happen to be white cops make that snap judgment that he was running at them. He was a crazy madman with a gun. He just shot this teacher and they put him down and Titus – in his heart, knew there was maybe a better way to handle that, whether or not you argue if it's a quote-unquote good shoot. I get the sense that Sean is really playing with, is that a phrase that should really be used? Is anything ever a good shoot? But then from a policing background, you know, a, a good shoot is when you are doing the right thing and protecting yourself and the community from an imminent danger. So we do need to talk about what that means. But Titus in his mind is just uncomfortable with this idea of a good shoot because he knew Luttrell's family. He knew there must be some layer of activity here that would drive him this mad to do this. And he doesn't want a police force just willy-nilly shooting a black boy because he's yelling and waving a gun. You know, he fa- he realizes that, you know, heavy is the head that wears the visor. He realizes he has to take this upon himself to change the community. And it's going to be really, really hard.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, like, I think Sean is also trying to comment – you can have a good police force. You can have a, a community. Uh, you people who are in tune with the community, and also just understanding that, like you know, someone coming at someone with a gun, there are you know gut reactions. So so it's it yeah you're right. Like it's forcing the reader to have like a conversation in in while they're reading this you know about these kind of things, which is interesting. But then it quickly kind of, kind of like moves away from it. You know, like it's 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 not like beating you over the head in terms of like, all right, we're going to keep coming back to this situation. It's like little, little things. We're going to, we're going to touch on it just to like lay like the groundwork, I guess. in, in the sense of like, all right, how do we actually talk about this in this kind of form, you know, instead of just because you don't really see that in our, you know, literature that we read, these, these thriller yeah. novels, like it's, it's, it's hardly ever touched on like this.
1: Yeah. and And he does that, like you said, in real subtle, but, ways that pack a punch because it was the representative of the town's black community who told him, you know, this is just another shooting, police shooting of a black boy. And he even says, like, now we've got a mother and a father who have to go explain to their other son why he doesn't have a brother anymore. And that's when Titus stops him and says, well, his name is LeVon. You know, like that, that younger brother has a name. And he even tells him, I was there in the hospital room. I held him. And he's like, look, you see me as the bad guy because I'm wearing the badge. And he's like, but my team had to shoot somebody who I knew, you know, who was my nephew, essentially. And so don't make snap judgments about me because of my responsibilities I took on to protect this town. Don't group me in with them. And, and And Titus is struggling the whole time with rejection from his own community because of his role in the police force. Yet he and his father even says to him, a lot of people are proud of you putting on that uniform. And he said, your mom is right, exactly. so proud of you. Exactly. I love the fact that we stay in Titus's head the whole book. He's grappling with what that means, how hard the work's going to be. And, and this whole book is essentially him putting in the work, even when both sides are coming at him vehemently, aggressively, painfully, racially. They're, they're coming at him so hard. Yet he knows he has to hit the ground, put the the legwork in, and then it's even the opposite. You know when he's dealing with like Ricky Sauer and the white nationalists, he tells Jamal, you know, the leader of the black church, he tells him like, "Look, Ricky Sauer got the permit for this march, which was a community decision. So so literally, the town board voted by the people approve this permit, and I as a sheriff have a responsibility to do crowd control." And the right, pastor exactly. thinks. The pastor's like, you're marching with them. You put on that uniform. Now you're marching with the white nationalists. And can you imagine a man like Titus hearing that from his own, you know, his own brother, essentially? It's like, what does that mean for him to hear that? And, and one at one time even calls him a racial slur. A couple of them do. And it's just like, what must that mean for Titus? And we get to see in his mind how he responds to it. And he is just, he's a force to be reckoned with this guy
0: yeah very much so are there any particular you know scenes uh that you talking about the story that like stood out to you like what were your favorite parts as we progressed along what were they the you know i'll just start one of the things i really liked but like the the small moments that we had like sort of uh, that took us out of the the story not not like took me out of the story but like were a, an a side piece. You know, we have the whole, the building of the relationship with his, his father. And then also like the, the restoring of a relationship with his, with his brother. Yeah. You had, you know, the non-relationship of him with his current girlfriend. Yeah. That, that whole impact. You have the, you know, his, his struggles of like why he had to leave the FBI you know like and I think that's why I like this novel so much because we learn so much about this character and his you know the context around them because uh, Sean does a great job of giving us great character development so that like when you're done with the novel yeah there were a lot of different characters but I felt like a lot of them I knew at least a portion of them a lot you know even like some of the little characters who get killed, he does a good job describing them. And, you know, we, we begin to understand, you know, what, who they are and what they represent in this community. You know, you could see like everyone in a community would have someone like this, you know, to show that like, this is, this is a, a real lived in community, you know?
1: It added to the vibrancy and, and realism of the story. And, and I like what you said about, there's a large cast of characters here, and I thought about that for a moment. The characters we, we come to love and see a lot of are dynamite from Titus, his father, August, uh, his, his, both his girlfriends, Darlene mainly, but also Kelly, his ex. We're learning so much about the people who, who really matter in the story. But then you're right. We're getting a healthy view of maybe 10 or more even other side characters, which at first I I was getting a little lost and I thought maybe it was me and I'm like, am I getting bogged down, lost with all these characters, or is it that the writing's getting a little jumbled here? And in the end, I came around and actually really liked it because it felt like an Agatha Christie story, a who done it right. all of a sudden right It's like I, I met so many people tangentially. That I had to file them away in my brain as, uh, you know, suspect number one, suspect number seven, suspect eight. You know, even Darlene at one point we find out is ambidextrous and uses both her hands. And what's cool is that was just after we found out the murderer did the same thing. So it's like, right. Oh, oh wait, she, is wait she me, is she the
0: murderer? You know,
1: is it her? Right. I'm like that little thing. But that little nugget of information was also. There's some rumor that it was an ex-boyfriend who slammed her door and her her hand in a car door or something like that, and Titus didn't really want to know the answer because you know he would have went hog on the dude. So it's like, wait, that nugget was told to us at first. I thought to make her a suspect, but then later it was revealed she's off the suspect list because there was a backstory there. There was a reason for whatever happened why she uses both hands because of a prior injury. You know, so a lot of these little reveals of the characters kept you on the edge of your seat. And I didn't even realize till I started going through the book again when I think his name was Cole Miller. I know his first name was Cole. The first body that they find, not the kids, okay. not the kids buried in the tree, but the first body who was hanging. And oh, how close oh, that was, was that dude? You know, he, he's described. taking a
0: He's taking a note out of Jack Carr's like uh oh. book. Yeah. Like what? cutting through the The back, back? pulling the lungs through and then lifting them up to make them look like actual wings, peeling the skin off of the guy's face. Oh my God. It it, it gave me nightmares like that night. It was, it was, it was really creepy.
1: Yeah. Like, Oh my God. But here's the thing. We were so focused on how gruesome that was because the writing was insanely detailed. But just a few chapters earlier, we had seen Cole with Royce Lazar hanging out. I don't think it was the watering hole, but I think it was at the diner. The the lady who had the diner who, who was dating his father, August for a little while. And they were hanging out at the diner and they asked Titus like, yo, what's going on with this case? And Royce Lazar, who is the, the bad guy, he's the, the angel of death. He was there and he was asking questions about it with Cole. So, When Titus gets the phone call that there's somebody who wants to tip him off, who's close to the killer, but wasn't in concert with the killer, wasn't an accomplice, but knows enough. It's somebody close to the killer. And we just saw these two dudes hanging out together at the restaurant. Like it all is going to fall into place throughout the course of the story. But I didn't even remember that. We saw. Yeah,
0: I I didn't. Until you just told me right now. Yeah, I had no idea.
1: When I went back and read it the second time, little things like that were amazing. Popped
0: out. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And he even comes up another time. They cross paths. He's,
0: he sees them. He. I remember. I remember him being. And he getting a shout out when the. I guess the first time he sees like the group of you know sons of the Confederacy. They're they're gonna they're gonna um rally, and then he makes a comment like, "Oh, there's even the you know Roy O'Neill who's the bus driver, and he. Oh, yep. It, it's awful that he sees all the children and like." Now in retrospect, like that that should have been a red flag for me early on. But I yeah, I just I missed it the first time around. So yep.
1: well again, just like the gruesome hanging body with the with the lungs stretched out of his wings, we're kind of distracted by that. We miss these clues because at that time when he's thinking that it's in the middle of this conflict over uh, someone who spray painted the statue, someone right. graffitied the statue. Yeah, and then Ricky Sauer's boys held him down, you know, so there was like this clash and we're so distracted by it all. But that allows for another powerful moment, just cementing Titus as basically what we need in this country. He takes the kid aside, like a 17 year old or whatever. And he talks to him and he's like, yeah, if you were the one who spray painted this thing, like I'm not under any legal obligation to tell your parents, but like I would go home and I would set the record straight with them and let them know what you said. What you did? Like you're lucky they're not pressing charges. The daughters of the Confederacy don't even have a chapter near here, and it's their property. So, you know, no one's going to press charges on this. But like, I want you to own up to what you did. And he didn't. He didn't tell the kid like you're wrong. You broke the law. He wasn't the law man for this kid who graffitied this Confederate statue. He had a heart to heart with him, pulled him off to the side, and unfortunately, Jamal, the very aggressive pastor, comes up and goes. Too bad you couldn't do what you did for that kid to Latrell before your boys shot him. And it's like, dude, like, Titus just did the right thing for this kid. He didn't chastise him, lock him up, or beat him like Ricky Sourboys boys wanted him to do for spray painting a Confederate statue. He did offer the other side the chance to press charges, but it wasn't their property. And they had no right to uh, detain this guy, kid, right? They held him down after they caught him doing the graffiti. And the white nationalists had no right to do that. So he's like, look, we could press charges on you too. He diffused the situation and he spoke to both groups as an objective lawman should. But Jamal comes at him and goes like, you know, he's just – he's taking it from both sides. And I'm just like, Titus is trying to do the good thing in this world, yet he only sees darkness. He only sees despair. He's pushing faith away. And all the people he does see leading these churches, whether it's Jamal and the black church or this crazy pastor – who actually? is the one who raised the killer, uh, the snake yeah. charmer dude. All these people have failed him. They failed the community. They're failing to live up to the best of what they should be in their in their respective spaces, and and all that weight is put on Titus, and you feel it the whole time. While this book is delightful to read, it's so suffocating because it's
0: so real, dude. I, I couldn't even. even said it better. It's that that that, that it hits it. Yeah, no. I think there's a couple of these side characters that I want to get into when we talk about the bad guys for sure. Get into our scorecard. You know, one thing I wanted to bring up—it's a minor nitpick—and maybe it's just because I watch you know some of these shows on TV, but for me, I feel like would they would he have been given this much of a leeway to continue the investigation? You know, yeah, I feel like. I guess th- does the FBI have to be called in by him? It's it's always going to be his call until he until he, he makes that call to bring in you know more help. I don't know. I, I just remember I seeing know. like Criminal Minds, like oh shit, we got it. We, like two killings, and like boom, yeah. they're on a plane, you know, and going yeah. somewhere. I mean, I know it's a show; it's not real life, but I just felt like this small in the state little-
1: police the virginia state police. I thought they'd come in a lot sooner. I didn't know they have to be asked after what like eight murders or something.
0: And they came in and they're like, "Yeah, we're not we're not going to we're not going to take over. This is this is your your deal." Yeah, you know, like you just Do you think that's like a
1: power struggle there though? Do you think that's the point? They're not going to pay attention to a small backwater kind of small town. I don't know, this
0: I think if it's it's one thing if it's one murder, but then you have as soon as the the child pornography comes in, I feel like that now becomes federal. That's a you know? federal
1: crime, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, like the 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 feds would have been there immediately as soon as they found the kiddie porn on Spearman's, uh, you know, stuff.
1: And, and weren't some of the kids also from out of state, like the ones who got murdered? Right. Or so at a, excuse state. me, not out of state, but out of county. So yeah, it's so like. A cro-
0: Definitely out of like the way he, had, he drives to Maryland, right? So he goes to Baltimore. So oh,
1: exactly right. That's that's uh, true. As soon as it
0: goes across state lines, I feel like the feds would have been in there. And so I, I realize you got to suspend your, you know, it's a story. So he, Sean didn't want to have the feds come in. He wanted him to be, I thought that would have been interesting, you know, to be this guy who used to be a fed interacting with feds, like, um, you know, seeing sort of that dynamic, that interaction. Uh what did you think about like the whole story about like why he got out of the feds or why he got asked yeah. out of the feds? That was intense.
1: That was really intense and nobody really knew the full details of it except for him. Like I don't even think he told his father,
0: you know, yeah, truly I mean, why. I don't even home. think he he definitely didn't tell his current, you know, the Indiana, the the girlfriend that he was seeing. You know, they kind of just like decided to yeah. part ways, right? So
1: Yeah. No, that was intense. And and the fact that it was this like was he like a seven year old? It was a kid in the white nationalist family
0: smiling at him while he pulls like the, the grenade, right? Pulls the pin
1: on the grenade, and I'm just like, yo, that's insane. And then he has a chance to confront it was the father, right? Who he ends up shooting. And was he justified? And like compare that to a quote good shoot, like good it's a good shoot by the cops on latrell because he had just shot a teacher but a teacher who murdered multiple kids and was deeply manipulative of all the the youth in this community versus this white nationalist who is like give me my rights he's laying there he's like smiling at him like i'm gonna get to go live in a jail cell the rest of my life in relative comfort and titus is like fuck no and you know finishes him off i'm like is that not a good shoot? Even though it was probably more justice, you know. Once you have the full picture,
0: have you seen the show Justified? No. I mean, that's like the whole premise, right? Of of why Timothy Oliphant's character is in Kentucky. You know, he 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 does a justified quote unquote justified killing in in Miami in Florida, working as the as a marshal. As a punishment, he gets sent to the backwater, and so in this case, as a punishment, he gets asked to leave the bureau. Right be interesting to see like what, what people would, I, I guess that's, that's how it happened to me. You essentially just murdered some dude, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. who, you know, who tried to kill you, I guess, you know, can you, can you claim, I guess you can't claim self-defense. If he's, if he's like, like begging for his Miranda rights, then sure. You know, but that was an intense story though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Intense backstory. And we could see the scars and the damage that it had on Titus and his relationships. All of this, I feel like, is the reason we can't get good people doing the jobs we need them to. Because should it be this hard for a good person to execute faithfully the responsibilities of their office? You know, like, it's only going to encourage the good people trying to do the right thing to give up. To not push as hard as Titus. Not stay in the role. Is it just me or is that how these things work? Is that these systems are set up to
0: not allow the good ones who want to do the just thing to flourish? I mean, sadly, you're, you're probably true. You know, that's one of the things we love about the Midtrap series and the Brad Thor series are these polit- politicians who are act the the, the the real villains, right? You know, the people who are quote unquote there to serve the people, do good. Uh, when in actuality they're doing the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I guess you you don't want to be a true nihilist and like not have any hope for humanity. But you know, it's it's sad to think that most of the time or a lot of the time, you know, people are looking out for themselves. I like how he again with these smaller characters. Like there was that one character who it's right after they had another crazy scene where the guy who they you know he he was arrested, charged with DUI. Essentially, he was going to lose his uh, CDL license. So then he decides to drive his box truck right through this crowd of people, kills Ugh. two. Does he kill? I know he kills one person, but definitely it severely injures another person. And then this is how messed up this town is. The lady who's running, you know, the booths, or you know, essentially the treasurer for for the the fall festival is so far in, in embezzlement right now that she needs yep. the return on the tickets to like, you know, do her whole Ponzi scheme yep. that she's like, well, we'll just, we'll take a break. You know, it, it doesn't matter that some Clean dude just died, lost his life, you know, like the show must go on. Not to say that like that really does happen, but I'm sure there's situations where it's, you know, maybe not that extreme, but you know, there's situations like that where it's like, nope, I'm too far in. I'm too pot committed. Like this, this scheme has to go on. And, so
1: Yeah. But Titus calls it. He says, everybody go home. You know, life is blood has been spilled. Life has been lost here tonight. We're not doing this. And he's willing to speak up a lot to people because that very pushy. Who is he? The uh, the town supervisor?
0: Yeah, the board of he's on the board of supervisors. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he's the, Cal- the Callahan, right? He's the one who owns the flag factory and the crab, the the seafood bullet factory.
1: Yeah, he's very pushy to Titus a lot, but Titus shuts him up. He speaks his mind, speaks his truth. And like, I don't know if anybody else would have done that. And it turns out this guy is from a family of corruption and is keeping a town like Sharon, you know, held back and where it is and, you know, stoking the flames and encouraging the divisions. And this guy just wants Titus out of his hair. He says, I'll call a special election. We'll recall you. You're making no progress on this case. I'll put my people in. And like, it's just disgusting. And and somebody needs to speak up to it. And we had Titus to speak up, up to these people and finally make a change. But he's, he's paying the price for it. He's really paying the price for it. Losing Darlene, having a torn relationship with his brother, who, who let's talk Marquise. He's a great side character, even though it's so hard knowing how he's, you know, kind of distanced himself from his father and his brother, but at the same time, you could tell he loves them so much when they're having some of their side chats, you know, just on the back porch or something. I really like those moments where the two brothers are just catching up and talking, even yeah. though they they have their family problems.
0: No, definitely, for sure. That's uh like I said, like I like learning the little family dynamics between him and his brother, him and his uh, father, you know, the relationship that he had to his mother and you know, how that sort of like pushed him away from this whole religion aspect of it you know, it really makes Titus like a true character, um, someone that, you know, any of the, a reader reading this story could, could potentially relate to, so yeah, and <sighs> there's like little, you know, he's the one who warns him that he's he's got a mole in, or a narc in, in his squad, he's the one who warns him that maybe you know, that the guys who own the local watering hole are not all they, you know, are cracked up to be. And you know, so putting them on the right path to, to, you know, be able to solve various mysteries. You know, and Titus is smart enough to do it on his own. He's the one who can, you know, concocts various plans to figure it out, but he keeps getting foiled at certain times. And so, you know, he, he is the sheriff that this town needs. not Definitely not the one that the town wants. So, what did you think of the very end of the novel? you know we he solves the mystery, we get you know this final showdown pretty gruesome like uh I like the the mini redemption arc for his one deputy who was you know he he was the mole right uh it allows him to you know sort of redeem himself for a short period of time until eventually he meets his his demise yeah yeah we we find out that it is this creepy. Bus driver who's half black and you know the history of you know essentially the the crazy preacher is the one who bred him to be this way right and then we get that culmination and we find out at the very end you know he he's he's succumbed to his wounds he wakes up a couple months later and he's decided to not be a sheriff anymore what well, what did you think about that
1: yeah I I really like the ending, that action sequence, uh, everything from when they find the house, they drop into the basement. He's fighting. He basically is losing consciousness, but he just doesn't give up and a really gripping action scene. Like you said, he's with one of his, his deputies who we weren't sure what to think of that guy. <laughs> like uh, he certainly had his moments where we, we weren't on his team. But ultimately, he ends up helping Titus at the end. And I thought for a minute, his partner turned on him and was leading him there. He was going to be part of uh, one of the bad guys. But no, he really helped Titus and 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 saved his life there at the end and lost his own. I, I thought that was a really, really gripping final scene. Yeah. And I thought, like I said, poetic justice, the way he's driving out of town, it's kind of... Gonna leave it all behind. Yet his legacy, the mark that he's gonna leave on Sharon before he peels out, it has to involve the statue. I mean, it had to. It was just yeah, it had
0: to. That that couldn't be left there. So
1: such a smart move to have him tear that thing down while no one's watching, and then ride into the sunset. Essentially, it was that kind of ending. So I thought it was a really, really, really good ending, uh, bringing all the parts together, and and really stating clearly you know the next steps uh that titus is is on to
0: yep 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 i see you want to do the scorecard yeah yeah let's do it man
1: let's get into it as we talked there were a lot of things i forgot and i think we even left out a whole lot of scenes and other characters you know so let's try to cover it all here in the scorecard action what do you give action and plot for this book
0: i'm gonna give the action a solid eight i think it's like a different kind of action, so I, I don't, you know. Again, this is the first time we're really doing a, a mystery novel per se like this, but it has at times some gripping. You know, I think of that end sequence. I think of you know the the, the school shooting. I think of oh, his first interaction with the killer when the guy when the killer kills um, the podcaster. You know, because we when right. he go when he gets asked to come like listen to his his podcast portion. You know, there's like it's little snippets like that where, you know, we get to see, you know, Sean writing some action sequences and I I really do enjoy it.
1: I agree. I have to go a little bit higher because of that school shooting opening scene. It was so thrilling and so real, you know, just based on even my daily experience thinking of what this could. It's unimaginable, but what this could end up being like for a community and how it would tear it wide open. I have to go nine because of that and the final action sequence, hunting down the killer, chasing him, you know, into the house, into the basement. I got to go nine. Yeah, nine out of 10 on action. And similarly, I was prepared to go 10 on plot because everything had a payoff, little details sprinkled along the way that weren't just sprinkled to throw you off your scent, but also had meaning to the characters. And meaning for developing this town, even whether it's like the fish factory or the flag factory, they did play an important role in like the characters because there was that one woman who worked at the factory with the killer and kind of knew the killer. And so you could tell her, but that fish factory had more meaning than that. It was almost like a rite of passage for this town. Like everybody had some connection to it. And the opposite with the flag factory, right? It was not a cultural touchstone of the, of the community. It was basically just an economic powerhouse. It was basically capitalism seeing this community as just labor and hands and not people. And that's why his mother, you know, who worked there was so sick. And so I just, I just kind of liked how everything was painted fully, little details that were sprinkled in, had a payoff. They had a role in the plot. I do have to mark it down, though, to a nine because one point for the state police and the FBI not coming in sooner, that, that was a bit of a gripe that I agree with you on completely. So I'm not going to ding it a lot. So just one point here on the plot.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't go full 10 w- without mentioning that. So, you know, it's it, it's got to be knocked a point just and just purely for that. Everything else is, is, is pretty rock solid. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to knock it on buy-in though. I don't want to double ding it because I have to go five on buy-in purely on the "you cannot put it down" factor.
0: It, it's just yeah, same, an
1: insanely same. compelling and propulsive story.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right, what about our villains? Like, uh, you know, we we have this like triumvirant triumvirant of villains, ultimately with like one the ringleader, right? The the big bad. But we also get like, you know, a lot of there's a lot of like little little ancillary villains. There's the preacher who meets his end. There's Ricky Sowers and his voice. There's, you know, the. The guy who owns the flag factory, I forget, is it, is it Calhoun Callaghan? I forget. it's And yeah, his first name is Scott, but. um, They're all interesting. And I I I mentioned this before, like, I feel like his side characters, he does a decent amount with the. Character progression and character story building. Character, um, you know, the, they're fully fleshed out characters, and so uh, yeah, I'm 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 pretty high on 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 the bad guys. Solid, like four four and a half. Really okay. I think this is where I'm going to go
1: a little bit lower, but I I do just want to caveat. I think it's hard saying villains and heroes in this story, just because it shows the humanity of everybody, True. The, the good humanity, True. but also the temptations to evil and sin for everybody. I mean, let's not forget the. I, I would honestly even say the other main villain, Mr. Spearman. Like it's just so right. terrifying how he manipulated this community. And so like, if, if our ultimate killer is, you know, or the last wolf is really the, the vicious, gruesome, spiritually motivated torn apart villain mr spearman was the manipulative villain the force behind it all and that is just even more tragic in some ways you know so he was really good the main villains were great i i do have to say though i i'm going down to a three just because i i think they were villains in this story but i don't know well i don't know I just have to say, I didn't think the cast of characters were bad enough. And sometimes with the villain's backstory of like he was half black, half white, he was raised to hate the black side of him, so this was a way for him to kill black people, you know, as a way of cleansing himself. I think this is one downfall of not being in their point of view. Like we didn't hear Mister Spearman ever talk, or he was dead already from the first page. the 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 bad guy maybe called once on the phone or twice. Talk to Titus but we were never in their head seeing what they were doing I think that worked for the most part but I would have liked just a little more page time of, of seeing what the bad guys were doing before it just happened you know and we're walking a farm finding a dead body hanging there I think we could have been in their shoes just a tad bit more
0: maybe a nitpick but yeah I don't know I guess I disagree I don't think
1: we saw enough of them I guess is what I'm trying to say but okay like, I, actually, here's how I'll put it. I I would I would totally not. I would take back some of what I just said. I don't know if I completely agree, but here's what I was getting at when it was revealed. And he's like, Lazar is an acronym and you could change it. And it's like Razal, which is some demonic thing. I was like, yeah, but who is that? There, There wasn't enough connective tissue between mm. Titus having this eye opening. It's this guy. I know who it is. And I just feel like. Yeah, but who is that? I don't know who that is. That's a random. Yes, we met him a long time ago, but there wasn't enough connective tissue.
0: So you're saying it would have been a better payoff if it was uh, another major character that we had actually spent more time with?
1: Maybe not major, but a little bit more present Mm, than hiding, than hanging around in the background of a few scenes. Yeah. Now I'm kind of hypocritical. I said the opposite earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. So I'm calling you out on that, but uh, I I don't know. It's in the moment. It's in the moment. No, no, Give it a three. Give it a three. All right. The, the reveal, what, though.
1: Th- that reveal didn't hit for me when Titus realized who true. it was.
0: True. I guess whether or not he's a background character or, or, you know, mid-major, whatever kind of character, the reveal was, I guess it's why we haven't really spent much time about it. Like, the action part of it was cool, but, like, the reveal wasn't like, oh, my God, that was crazy. Like, there's been crazier reveals. in, in Like, in it
1: was him? No way.
0: Right. Right you could kind of tell it was it was just going to be someone in the community who you know and they were well, i guess they had been talking about it being this boy for so long so you kind of like had an image of like who he was in your head and then you find out oh he's actually this guy who we met like briefly like so like the bigger like crazy thing were that like this guy was actually is Scott's brother or half brother you know like that like those reveals were more of a bigger deal to me than the actual knowing his new identity like who he is you know uh, unless like you said you know let's say he was that one cop who had been there for a long time or or one of the cops who was involved in i don't know yeah i don't know but but then
1: is it too in your face i think it's a very fine line there
0: it it is because if you do that then it's like oh it's just cheesy it's too
1: cheap exactly so it was really well done but something about the reveal i wanted to pack a little bit more punch for me everything else in the novel packs such a heavy punch that one i felt didn't so maybe that was just me in my perspective but i, I gotta knock down the bad guys for it just a little bit
0: maybe if you had had a scene where titus had already deduced who it was but the guy doesn't realize that he had deduced this. so you're, you're you actually meet the guy and then like you're you slowly are revealed to that this oh this is the guy who is it instead of like we got the opposite where he shows up, you know, we know he's at this house, and then the guy shows up, and there's a you know a, a fight breaks out, so I don't know I,
1: I think maybe maybe what I'm getting at is one other misstep by the killer would have been like that missing link, right, that would have helped us get there a little bit more if there was one other obvious misstep, like that not a smoking gun per se, but like one other hint. That came through and paid off that we already knew about. I think.
0: Not the truck key and like going through the logs at the very end, you know, something else.
1: Yeah, all that was kind of cool though, actually. I forgot. I did like that part when we were forgot we were piecing it all together because he was the truck driver, so he looked at the logs. That was very suspenseful when we were doing that. All right. I'm I'm stepping back from it all. I'm going three and a half because of it. I'm giving it the half all point right. back. Okay.
0: All right, what about the good guys? I wish I
1: can give it extra. I, I'm a 5 today. <laughs> yeah, I the, wish it could the, be a 6 or a
0: 7. It's a 5 like purely because of Titus, you know, you can throw in his brother and, and his father. His father, um, yeah. Um some of the other like, you know, the dispatcher, you know, Rita, yeah. you know, oh, Carla. some of his de- Carla and yeah, some of his deputies. Yeah. They're they're really cool, and I thought they were really nice, you know, side characters. So, and
1: I'm I'm glad it wasn't a crooked cop story in the end. Like, let's make yeah, it yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, white yeah. cops who was the bad guy all along, helping the last wolf. You know, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad I gave that half point back to bad guys because it could have very easily been that, and it would have been cheesy, like you said. Setting.
0: What about the setting?
1: Sharon County. Tell me about it. What's your score?
0: Uh, I mean. You know, it's it's becoming cliche to say that like Virginia or Sharon County was a character in this novel, but for this, it truly was, and I felt that Sean had really done a good job of of placing us there. Everything was described to down to how the streets looked. You know, the what what how what was going on at the flag factory? What was going on at the the fish house? You know, the food that people were eating. You know, how people drove. You know every single little minutiae to really paint the picture of what this town was, was there. And I think he did a great job at it. So it's got to be a five. I,
1: I agree. Couldn't say better. I'll just add one detail. Even from the very beginning, we're clued into the type of landscape with small lines, like his house growing up when his mother was still alive was the first one that actual had a foundation, you know, it wasn't a, a movable, you know, a trailer house. And so it's just like you're already getting a sense of what this community is like, how his family has has worked pretty hard and, and gotten themselves a little bit higher than everyone else, which is going to lead towards more of the resentment once he gets in a position of power as the sheriff. So you're using the landscape, using small little details of the buildings, the homes, the businesses to really paint a picture. Uh, yeah, it, it's almost as if Virginia is... Is a character in the story, and each of the other characters have a, a unique relationship to it. So, yeah, for of, sure. Five out of five on the setting. These scores are pretty high, but before we wrap it up, we gotta judge a cover by the book. Let me ask you, Chris, what do
0: you think of the cover of All the Sinners Bleed? Yeah, so there's one cover, and then there's an I found another one online when I just happened to be like searching something. Uh they both have pictures of trees. One has like this blood moon, which I think is referenced in the story at some point, right? Maybe.
1: I don't know. I, probably because his writing is so descriptive, but I don't specifically recall it.
0: And there's this other one where's where this it's like this tree is top of this like hill with with uh clouds. I guess they're supposed to be both very uh, ominous.
1: I don't I've never seen that one before. I don't know where that is. I, I, I've never seen that cover.
0: It popped up when I, I just Google searched All the Sinners Bleed, and it hmm. popped up. All right. So I guess both of these, you know, that tree is going for the willow tree that they find. But this is it's that's in a clearing in a bigger forest, not in a clearing like around the mountains. Yeah, that's not how I pictured the willow tree, to be honest. That is definitely not a willow tree on the in road. the main. It's, a, it's just a tree. It's just some sort of tree. Yeah. So I like, I think I know where they were trying to go with mm-hmm. it. I don't think it landed very well. So this is actually probably like my least favorite part of the book is the cover. I'm going to. Yeah, I think for me,
1: two is a little harsh. Though I will say the idea was good to include a tree and the sun
0: yeah, I don't. All right, really. maybe two point five. I I give you half credit.
1: Yeah, I I think something like that. I I think I'm gonna go three point five, just because I do like the composition of it, and I see the text also using the hues of the sun, the the blood sun, the reds, the orange, the yellows. So I kind of like that. I almost feel like a willow tree could have helped this one, even maybe. Maybe a building. I feel like, or a badge, a badge, A, badge, a building, uh, something to represent can, that. The uh, that statue uh, the st- would would have been interesting. St- you don't want to. You don't want to honor the statue, though, is the thing.
0: Oh, yeah, true. I guess the badge, or like the flag factory, like that would have been cool to see. Like, like what that is, or or the fish house, or or you know, water, some sort of water. Like this is uh, very aquatic. These are watermen, so. The fact that we don't get that depicted on this um, is interesting. So,
1: Yeah, I think even a house could have done it just because of some of the most homey scenes were when he was with his father or with Darlene or with Marquise at the house. A, a badge maybe playing something with the son and the badge interacting. Any yeah. sort of
0: religious iconography? You know, would you want to throw that in there?
1: I, I think so. I think, because one, because of the title. And two, because of the importance in the story of Titus's struggle with faith in such a hard world. Right. I, I really think that could have come up. And and I like how the title, we didn't we didn't talk about that, is a play on what the the Reverend, the the snake raising crazy guy says only the sinners bleed. Right. And Titus realizes everyone bleeds. Because we're all sinners. Because
0: everyone's the sinners. Yeah, yeah.
1: All the sinners bleed. Exactly. So I think playing up on the religious iconography, the physical landscape, not just the sun in the sky, but the physical landscape of Sharon County and maybe the badge and police iconography, I think, I think would have improved the cover. But I'm going to go three and a half because I like the composition. I like the layout. I think it works, but it might not entirely land. So,
0: okay. All right, what about your free space, bro?
1: Free space. I'm, of course, I want to give it to Titus, right? Like, he's one of the most well described, well built protagonists we've had in a book lately. Sometimes the thriller genres we cover, protagonists can get a little bit flat. You know, they're always this military background, a killer assassin, kind of like a spy. And I think Titus just is so much more than, than that. He's definitely not just a flat one dimensional character. So I want to give it to him, but I'll also throw his father in there. <laughs> I love mm. the little quips from the father, whether it's words of advice, words of encouragement, or even just being present for his son and, uh, his longing for Marquise to come home as well. I think I love everything about the crown family.
0: Well, you took mine. Uh, so I got to come up with another one. Yeah, um, doing that. You are, I got to go first in the future. Um, we kind of talked about the setting. We talked about Virginia. Well,
1: I could I could take it back. I I can give you Titus and his father, and I'll take the school shooting scene, the opening scene.
0: You know, I think like I, I got to give a winner just to having the braveness to put some of this stuff in in a novel and put it all out there and what you believe in. You know, because. There's a difference in between putting stuff like this into a novel, than putting like what you think about China and what you think about Oro- or you know how you feel about the war in Ukraine, how you feel about our interactions with terrorists. So yeah, I, I got I think I just got to give it to Sean for you know constantly iterating, coming up with banging stories, um, and being able to put himself fully into a story and, and not not be ashamed of what he wants to talk about. So. That's what what I'll give it to.
1: Perfect free space. Perfect winner right there, which brings your total to 43 and a half. My total to 45 out of 50. So pretty good scores on the Thriller Pod scorecard. Yep, yep. But Chris, it makes me wonder, we didn't have a scorecard back when we covered Blacktop Wasteland. Mm. How do you think it stacks up against that book? Do you you have a favorite out of the two? I'm kind of curious.
0: I think I like Blacktop Wasteland a little bit more because I I like I like racing. I like the driving aspect of it. Yeah, that one had a little bit more action. There was there was more definitely more fight scenes in it. Yeah, it's a heist movie. There is not a lot of killing. You know, like there are deaths in it, but it's not like this gruesome story. So, like it's it's a little more of an a lighter read. Uh, right. I, I would like. I would revisit Blacktop Wasteland before I revisited. Wanted to go down the hole of putting myself through this again because like, some some of these like, killings are, are are pretty intense. It's um, heavy. So yeah, I think I got to go. It's a slight, very slight though.
1: I I think I one hundred percent agree. I I think Blacktop Wasteland is the more enjoyable read, rereadable uh novel. But I do think All the Sinners Bleed is a better piece of fiction. I think it's a, a better True. piece of literature. Yeah. So um, I like the. both. I would agree with that. Yeah, they're, they're that. both incredible. But they definitely are slightly different. And therefore, you can't really compare or rank them one to one. So that's how I yep. would put it.
0: Yep. yep. All right. All right, guys. So next time on the pod, got to go hop over onto the Scott Harvath season two. Uh, we'll be covering Deadfall. Have a couple pods for you: for part one, part two, and and we just found out an exclusive interview—not exclusive, but a, an amazing interview with Brad Thor coming on, coming your way. Next time we're on this one, we're actually going to be jumping into uh, a Kyle Mills book and in, and in that in a Fade. So we'll be bringing that to you, and then also in September we have Code Red Man. So get ready, you know, get 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 your reading. Get out there, and let us let us know what you thought of this book. You know, it's 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 different. Do you want us to cover more like this? Should we go back and reread his other two or, or discuss his other two? So yeah, let us know. Again we need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F, our special agents Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate and review using Apple Podcasts. And you can find us online at thrillerpod dot com or on Twitter and Insta at Thriller And as always, just let Titus be Titus.